0: Good morning, Grace and Mercy Church. Um, I'm grateful to be able to share this message with us this morning as we continue through the book of Matthew. Uh, this morning, I'd like to talk with you about praying to God in secret. And that's going to be my title for the message. Uh, I'm not a big title person, so like, I ain't gonna lie. I took this title from a devotion that I did two, two mornings ago because I liked the way it flew. So, uh, praying to God in secret, it's based on Matthew chapter six, verses five and six. And these verses are part of a large teaching Jesus shared in what scholars call the Sermon on the Mount. And so, before we jump into the text, um, we're gonna—I'm gonna read it, and then uh, then we'll dive right in. So, Matthew chapter six, verse five and six says, <clears throat> "When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites." who love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners so that people can see them. Yes, I tell you, they have their reward already. But you, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. Your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now, before I talk about praying to God in secret, i like to point out something regarding the Sermon on the Mount. See, so reading back in Matthew chapter four, uh, verse twenty-three, we find what I like to call a summary statement of Jesus' earthly ministry. Um, it starts with, "And he went about Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every, see, I always struggle with this word, infirmity among the people." One way to restate that verse would be to say Jesus made it his ministry, made his ministry about teaching, preaching and healing. Now, if you turn forward to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, we find the same summary statement. It says, "And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every, every infirmity." So, appears what we have in these five chapters between these two statements. Matthew is presenting us with the picture of the power of the kingdom of heaven in Jesus' teaching and healing. So, the, the power of the gospel is revealed in those, these chapters. Jesus he taught, he preached, and he healed. Now, regarding his teaching on righteousness, meaning right standing with God he warns his disciples to make sure they don't copy the scribes and the Pharisees. He says this this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. He says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. He also told his disciples not to be hypocrites. Jesus does not want his followers to follow the same uh, same hypocrisy that the scribes and Pharisees practice as being right. Jesus wants his disciples to behave and believe differently. See, Jesus challenges them in this sermon to check their heart motives. Jesus challenges them to check their motivation on marriage, divorce, anger, and loving your neighbors and other things. But this morning, Jesus wants to challenge each of us to pray to God in secret. See, almsgiving and prayer are noticeable religious practices seen by other believers and non-believers. Now, I would say almsgiving isn't seen as much these days because you can give online now, uh, even in a lot of churches. You know, some churches, you can still walk up and drop your your money in, stuff like that, but that's a little bit different. But you see people pray out loud, right? We pray together as a congregation out loud. Those things can be seen. See, when Jesus spoke this message, many religious people practiced praying in public. Matter of fact, they prayed out loud on the street corners and in the synagogues, he says. Those people whom Jesus calls hypocrites, a.k.a. actors, fakes, wanted others to hear their prayers by shouting their prayers to draw attention to themselves. They wanted people to hear the prayer in order to be complimented on their love for God or the things they prayed for. Jesus says they received their reward. Now, what reward? Are there rewards for praying? If so, I ain't got one yet. You know, I used to pray. I wanted a, a Mercedes, but you know, I ain't got that one yet. Uh, Jesus wasn't speaking about like earning a real prize. He was talking about their motive, their motivation. See, their motivation for prayer was receiving praise from people. So they got praise from people, but not from God. See, what is prayer? I define prayer like this: prayer is an intentional conversation with our Heavenly Father. You can have an intentional conversation with God about one, your needs, asking God for something. Like I said, I used to pray for a Mercedes. Two, your sin, confessing your sin to God, asking God to forgive you, say you're sorry. Three, your gratitude, say thank you. Tell God how grateful you are for him. Four, your complaints. Your hurts, frustrations, your doubts. Two, five, your praise. Ascribe honor to God's name. Acknowledge his goodness and his realness in your life. And even six, your intercession. Praying for other people's needs. Or you're praying that others will repent and believe in and on the name of Jesus Christ. Prayer is an intentional conversation you have with God regularly each day. His line is always open. He doesn't send you the voicemail or screen your prayers. It'd be crazy if you prayed and then God's looking like, oh, okay, he's always praying today. I, I'm, I'm going to get back to that later. See, God doesn't do things like that. See, when we call on his name, he hears us. As a disciple of Jesus, we are challenged to pray differently in private. Jesus challenges his followers to spend intentional time communicating with God in an inner room. That word in secret mean the inner room. An inner room is private, isolated, away from people, away from distractions, away from the crowds. It's private time to talk with our Heavenly Father. See, in private, we have the freedom to ask, cry out, talk with God however we desire. You can pray silently, you can talk loud. You can sing, you can shout, you can groan, and or you can even praise God. Whatever you want, because you are alone with your Heavenly Father. So my question is: do you have a place to get away with God the Father? Do you have a regular time when you intentionally talk with your Heavenly Father? See, in the Bible. We are encouraged to pray alone, without ceasing, and with one another. You can pray with your family. I'm not just talking about before a dinner, before breakfast, or before you get on a road trip. Those things are cool. But a set-aside time to pray as a family for each other and for other people's needs. What better way for our children to learn to develop Intentional conversations with God than watching mom and dad lead them in prayer. Or even if you're a single parent, watch your mom lead in prayer. Or if you're a single dad, watch your dad lead in prayer. You're praying together as a family. I remember when I was, a, when I was in elementary school, and this didn't even happened in middle school, but I definitely remember elementary school, I was in third, fourth, fifth grade. My mom, every single day before we went to school, she would stop us at the door. She's like, let's pray. And I'm like, mom, no, no. And I, I would say it. No, mom. Cause I'm trying to get out the door. So I can go hang out with my friends so we can flirt with the girls on the way to school. And I was like, this prayer thing is slowing me down, mama. But my mom would always stop with us and gather us so we you pray. And I remember when I was in high school, she'd do the same thing. And when we moved here, it was just, it was just us, you know, it was just me, my mom, dad, my brother and sister. And then my, my little niece, Deja. Uh, and my sister Monika, they were staying with us, and, and Deja, nay, she's a little baby, one year old, two years old, three years old. four. She would always join us in prayer. And um, by then, I was a little bit calmer. I wasn't ready to get out the door. I was still trying to holler at the girls, but it was different. I, I wanted to pray, but pray together as a family. And those are things that stick with me, and I remember those things. We can pray with other believers. You know, praying with other followers of Jesus inspires our faith. It support we support each other in this faith walk, and we get to witness God move in each other's lives. We can pray anywhere and anytime. See, when you feel led to to praise God or even ask him for help, you can just do it wherever you like. When I'm on Casino Road serving in the classroom sometimes or even at club, you know, sometimes I feel led to pray for a kid. I do it, walk around. I feel led to pray for teachers. I do it. Pray for the principals, homeschool, co-ops that my kids attend. I do that. So when someone comes to my mind or somebody comes to your mind, it's easy. We can pray. God's prayer line is open 24-7. And you know what? The other thing about prayer is, is you don't have to close your eyes to pray. That'd be a challenge when you're driving. If you're like, I need to pray. And you just close it. Like, that just ain't going to look good. And I used to always think you always have to close your eyes to pray. But you don't have to. You can keep your eyes open and talk to God the Father. So what is prayer? Prayer is an intentional conversation with our Heavenly Father to ask, praise, think, confess, complain, or intercede for others. Where should we pray? Privately. But with our family and with other believers, anywhere and everywhere, we need help and feel thankful. Now going back to verse 6. Jesus instructs us that private prayer is essential and that praying together should never take the place of praying in private. See, all the words for you and your in verse 6 are singular. See, unlike the English, Greek distinguishes plural and singular you. But all the rest of the yous in verse 5 through 15 are plural. So this verse highlights the value of private prayer. In secret prayer, we must have an an eye to God. We give God the glory because of his ever presence in our lives and in the world. We can take comfort in the fact that our Heavenly Father is wherever we go. When our family went on our road trip during our sabbatical, I was able to commune with God in every state, and every city we visited. Our private prayer times reassures us that God is ever-present. Amen? See, both private, and public, both private and public prayer are crucial. They serve each other. I read this quote from a pastor about prayer. He said, The more intently we pray in solitude, the more powerfully we will pray in a group. And the more intense the prayer of the group the more we will be helped to go hard after God and pray. That's a good point. See, when we pray, our motives need to be on God. Seeking to know him, seeking to hear from him, seeking his direction, seeking to know his will for our situation and circumstances. See, when when we seek to know God's heart, our reward will be receiving an answer from the Lord. And our reward would be closer communion with him. See, when we spend time seeking the Lord in private or public, our heart's motive must be on glorifying our Father in heaven, who is unseen. And Jesus says that statement often throughout these these verses. Our aim is not to have someone compliment us on being a prayer warrior, a person who prays consistently and hears from God, or a person who prays well. See, and Jesus isn't against us praying in public or doing our good deeds in public. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16. He said, let your, sh- your light shine before others. He desires for us to have hearts that are focused on his kingdom, not showing off before others or how eloquent we can pray or how many theological words we can use. See, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 through 3. He said, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels... But have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. So I'd say if we don't pray with love, for the Lord, it's noisy to God. And if we don't pray the right motive of love in our heart in public, it's noisy as well. In preparing for this message, I came across this nugget in the devotional that I'm reading now. The writer said, The purpose of prayer is not to convince God to change your circumstances, but to prepare you to be involved in God's activity. Prayer is designed... To adjust you to God's will, not to adjust God to your will. So that's the question. Again, what is your motivation when praying? What is God impressing on your mind or your heart to seek him for? Please take whatever steps necessary to secure a regular time to intentionally talk with God in private prayer. The benefit of this kind of prayer is our Heavenly Father will hear us, join us, and change us. Scripture also reminds us when a group of believers gathered after Jesus descended to heaven, how the Holy Spirit came upon them and empowered them to boldly declare the good news of Jesus in their city. Let us intentionally make time to spend with our Heavenly Father privately in prayer and with others to be filled with his presence, to live out his kingdom at our homes, in our community, in our church, our family gatherings, in any and everywhere we go. to the glory of God the Father. Amen. <clears throat>